The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you living a wellness lifestyle? What could it do for you? Join us today on the Wellness Lounge a step further and see how our guests and direction can inspire you to self-empowerment through a wellness lifestyle. Now, here is the host of the Wellness Lounge a step further, Desiree Watson. Thanks for joining us again. We're so excited to have uh, this amazing guest. So I can't wait to make that introduction. Uh, I first would like to just, of course, as we always do, Thank you for tuning in to A Step Further. We're Wellness Interactive, and our signature brand is the Wellness Lounge. And we believe, or we'd like to believe, that we do take it a step further. So, um, you know, I, I like to engage uh, amazing people that are doing amazing work around the world, and they may live right next door to you. And, hmm, we're bringing them to you uh just as uh, in conversation uh, to empower us to navigate that whole lifestyle of all things well. So Wellness Lounge is located 14 South Orange Avenue in South Orange, New Jersey. And uh, you could also find us at wellnessinteractive.com. We actually have a new website with all things well. <laughs> and you can find uh our local website, which is wellnesslounge.biz. And, of course, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, Instagram. We're on all the social media network to engage you, to empower all things well, and we believe that that's the whole mind-body-spirit connection. So, oh, thanks for listening out in uh, Japan, China, Spain, Italy, Germany, Canada. If I leave a country out, you know I love you. Please stay with us and tune in, as always, because I, I think uh, we're all in this together, as usual. So that said, I would like um, to read, as I always do, a passage today, or just to, in this case, just to read about someone who has always been so inspiring uh, to others. Uh, I, I, am, I have... Let me just say, I have been so inspired by her, Maya Angelou. Um, she was absolutely amazing, and just to lose her, um, and, and and I say this, uh, losing is just gaining such a beautiful spirit that will always be here with us. So losing is a positive. She's uh, with God, with the angels, and we're just so blessed to have had her on earth with us, and she's still here in spirit. So I want to read something from her site, which is mayaangelo.com, and this is from her family. Uh, Dr. Maya Angelo passed quietly in her home before 8 a.m. Her family is extremely grateful that her ascension was not belabored by a loss of acuity or 
comprehension. She lived a life as a teacher, activist, artist, and human being. She was a warrior for equality, tolerance, and peace. The family is extremely appreciative of the time we had loved with her, and we know that she is looking down upon us with love. And that's uh, from Guy B. Johnson. I read that, uh, read that from her website because, obviously, there were so many people in media outlets that are paying tribute to her. But it's also great uh, that uh, this is a website where you can go engage in and purchase all of her books because, oh, they're so inspiring. I, I read her book when I was very young. Um, I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings, and um, it, it was just one of my, I feel, great readings. So that said, I just want to um, really... Uh, open this up with um, a quote from Maya Angelou because I think uh, our next guest can also empower us because she too is amazing. Um, she, uh, well, we'll get to Miss Joan Marlowe Golan, but uh, Maya Angelou said one of, in one of her quotes, which I absolutely love, it says, love recognizes no barriers. It jumps hurdles. It leaps Fences penetrates walls to arrive at its destination full of hope. And, you know, for those of us who uh, are touched by love every day, uh, listen, God bless us all. And for, for those of us who are um, trying to find love and to be uh, inspired by love, um, there are many outlets, and uh, today we have uh, an amazing person to share some of that with us, how we can navigate and romance love uh, right where we are in our space. And so that said, let me uh, tell you a little bit about our guest. Um, Joan Marlowe Golan uh, began her publishing career in 1979. She spent six years getting a doctorate in English and American literature from Harvard University and was a diehard bookaholic. When, uh, well, you know what? I'll quote her because this is what she says and what she writes. It says, when I realized that there was a job that involved actually getting paid for reading books, I knew that was the job for me. I was determined to break into publishing despite being told by many that I was overqualified and <laughs> underexperienced for an entry-level job. Ultimately, ultimately, excuse me, my entree into the industry was as a book of the month club reader. It took me three months to get that position. I kept calling the BOMC editor-in-chief at Silverman, and since I knew he was a Yankees fan, would chat with him about Reggie Jackson, Billy Martin, and company. And every month he'd tell me he wasn't hiring but to call him back next month. My first full-time job was as a nonfiction editor at now-defunct Heart Publishing Company, where I edited the bestseller, The 100, a ranking of the most influential persons in history by Michael Hart, which was spawned many, which has spawned many imitators. I went on to fiction and then I discovered romance publishing. It was love at first sight. And for most of my publishing career, I've been a romance editor. I began my romance publishing career 
career with Richard Galen, a packager, and then became an editor at Berkeley's Second Chance at Love Line. When I actually man- <laughs> when I actually managed, when my daughter was a toddler, I decided corporate life wasn't sufficiently family friendly, and mommy tracked myself for seven years, continuing to freelance. Working at home eventually got lonely, but I still wasn't ready to re-enter corporate life. So I got into religious publishing as an editor for Catholic publisher LaCourie Publications. After four, four years, LaCourie decided to close their New York office, and by that time, I was ready to come back to the corporate world, and Harlequin was ready for me. My friends think I have the dream job, and I'm inclined to agree. And I think you could have said all of that a lot better than myself, Joan, but thank you. Thank you for joining us, and welcome, Joan. Thank you, uh, uh, Desiree, and thank you for the beautiful quote from Maya Angelou. I also remember just loving uh, why the caged birds sing. I think when you, you read a book like that, you feel you've found a soulmate, and, and it is empowering to read. And I guess, you know, if I had to sum up my life or the best in my life, it has been that books have always been a source of empowerment and reading that I've tried to pass on to, to others. And we uh, thank you for that. Absolutely thank you. But... Um, I'm so interested, as, as I'm sure some of the listeners are, um, with uh, this amazing career you have had. Um, when uh, did you first feel that, oh, I could be a writer, I am a writer. I understand that, uh, obviously, uh, you're educated at one of the very best institutions in America, but did you have this feeling as a child at all? Because um, uh, sometimes writing and engaging with uh, this whole idea of um, love or romance, uh, we can pass through that at a very young age, but did you think about that at all when you were younger? Yes, I think uh, my mother thought about it for me before it was even <laughs> Oh, born. I love it. <laughs> my my uh, mother, who was an extraordinary woman in, in her own way, she was a social worker, but she always wished she could have been a writer uh, or an editor. Uh, and in fact, uh, and I mean, one thing I want to stress about empowerment, it's never too late. Um, uh, she did uh, uh, publish articles. Uh, she she went on to teach at the University of Connecticut uh, Graduate School of Social Work and found a partner there um, uh, to because she didn't have the PhD. He had the PhD. She was a writer, and they they published a number of, of articles. So I was happy that before her uh, uh, sadly premature death, she at least fulfilled those dreams. Um, and uh, so from a very young age, I was encouraged to both to read and to write. Uh, the highlight of my childhood was a little Saturday trips to the uh, Mary Cheney Library in uh, Manchester, Connecticut. And uh, uh, there, uh, uh, you know, I discovered the world of reading. I'm on the radio. I can't talk now. Uh, hi, I'm sorry. Uh uh, anyways, so, Wait, but when uh, you're, uh, I, I'm just uh, curious with your mom. Uh, you you said she when she uh, passed, or uh, uh, you were already engaged with uh, writing. She had inspired you to get, uh, I guess, connected to, in a sense when you're very young as a writer. 
because of all the great work that she has, she had done. Or, I mean, she wanted to be a writer, but I just want to be clear for the listeners. Uh, yes, she had wanted to be a writer. She she did apparently do some writing that uh, she didn't save. I remember her telling me she had written a a story called The Romantic Fallacy, but she knows what it was about, (laughs) yes. Um, So my mother was very romantic. It's it's, uh, no wonder I became a romance editor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's what I I thought I heard, because uh, it's it's quite interesting. I, uh, you know, I think, uh, when, when you and I, uh, actually met, we were speaking about names or something, and, and I think you, uh, we engaged about my name or something, Desiree, and I told you that my mother, uh, my mother was a romanticist, very much like your mom, I'm just finding that out, and so my mother used to read all these, uh, romantic novels, and so all of my, uh, 11 sisters and myself, we have these names, <laughs> So do you think then when you're writing uh, to inspire love, then you're bringing um, some of what you're thinking or feeling? I mean, as an editor, you're editing, obviously, other uh, authors. But do you feel or think that um, it plays a great role uh, beginning uh, at a young age and then uh, inspiring, as, inspiring us as we get older to really uh, sometimes just uh, find ourselves through these novels. Because I know I, for a fact, I wish I could have spoken to my mom years ago, I think for a fact that this uh, raising all these kids, uh, this was her way of really getting away in a sense. Um, do you think your mom or you think any of us uh, uh, could have that feeling uh, or have maybe had the feeling in the past, maybe your mom, of just getting away? with uh, being inspired by love and books and romance? Uh, yes. I mean, there are different kinds of love, and I, I think as we grow, and, and really perhaps why we're on Earth is to discover, you know, what love means in the deepest dimensions, uh, yes. and that it's not just, and even in my career as a romance editor, people think, oh, romance is bodice rippers, you know, hot sex. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> Uh, they're really much more. It's really discovering beyond that. Um, uh, recently, you know, one of my children was, was talking about what he wanted from a relationship. And, and, and I said, you know, you're talking all about what what you're looking for in a woman, but what are you willing to give to this relationship? What are you going to do for her? And that's, that's <laughs> I love point. that. Thank you. Um, and I think, and, and, and that's something in our romance uh, novels that, that people... Uh, did come to in our, the Harlequin and the love-inspired uh, uh, novels that I worked on is that a relationship, first of all, it's not just about two people. The best conflicts come from, uh, you know, in the family of origin, there were problems. I mean, we're all part of families, communities, um, and everything we do impacts other people, and it's not just if you're a couple, well, you have your honeymoon where you're alone together, but then you come back into the world, and you're affecting other people, and your relationship uh, will empower you or not, and then that will affect all the other people in your life. So they're kind of like ripples, concentric circles. One, one of my favorite quotes from a book is E.M. Forster uh, in Howard's End said, only connect. And in life, we're we're connecting people, and you know, if we're doing it right, if we are, 
loving and empowering. We're, we're doing good to other people, too. We're uh, inspiring them with love and empowerment. Wow. Another favorite quote of mine is, uh, Trace of Avila, love begets love. So oh. every time we love, uh, mm. uh, really love meaning not using another person, but appreciating and gifting and being gifted by that other person, we're, we're making the world better. Oh, my gosh. You know, I'm getting full here. Wait, Joan, I didn't expect it. It's so beautiful, only because it's so real. Uh, just um, uh, listening to um, what you're saying about us affecting others. So when we're in relationships or, or, or of love or romance, that it doesn't matter what the outcome is. It, it can affect others. So Ideally, you know, we want the outcome to always be positive, but in some cases we know that it's not. So it affects others and communities. I, I just love that. It's, it's absolutely real. I mean, uh, I, when I, I think also about um, just um, young people today and what they may or may not go through in their lives, um, I think... It, is it too young to have uh, writers uh, write love-inspired books? And, and maybe you can also clarify for our listeners the difference uh, for us with that the, the romance component for, for young people. But write love-inspired books uh, to empower, empower them uh, for what they may experience for the future. Does that make uh, any sense at all? Because I find yes. that well, uh, I think, you know, there's a lot of reading. Not everybody like can, can write a book of I don't any see kind. too many you know, love-inspired books that, that are very strong. your vocation or what you're, you're called to do. But many people can. One of the things I'm proudest of uh, in my career with Harlequin, uh, you know, most writers cannot make a living uh, by their writing. And that we enabled women, for, for whom it's, it's very challenging, uh, as I can testify in my own life, mm-hmm. to be a mother uh, and uh, have a career. Um, in my case, I was also a stepmother and had three generations of children. And it's very hard because you want to give your all to everything and, you know, there's only so much of you. Uh, so a writing career is wonderful, uh, for, uh, parents because you can be flexible in your hours and, mm. uh, some of the great writers, Nora Roberts, uh, for instance, Linda Lale Miller, um, who I, I had the, Privilege of working with for many years at Harlequin. These were single moms, right? Uh, struggling. Oh, see, I love that. I love um, that. Let's and that. by Joan, writing, Joan, I'm sorry. I heard the music. One New York Could Times you hold that seller and was I'd able love to, to speak about to support uh, herself single moms and writing? Could you hold the thought for me for a moment? We're going to break yeah. for a commercial, and when we sure. return, we're going to speak with Joan. Uh, well, she's going to tell us about the writers, uh, single moms and writing at home. I think that's fascinating. So we'll return in one moment, Joan, okay? And our listeners. Thank you, Desiree. Thank you for listening. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even coworker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things, and together you will promote a common cause. 
Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite twice every week, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety and on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You're tuned in to the Wellness Lounge, a step further with host Desiree Watson. To find out more about our programs, please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. That's wellnessinteractive.com. Now, back to the show. Hello again. We're speaking with Joan Marlowe-Goland, and Joan is an editor of inspired, love-inspired books, I should say. She uh, has worked for Harlequin and you know, so many other uh, publishing companies, and she is empowering us with romancing love, I'd like to say, and call that. So thanks again for Joan. Joan, uh, thank you for uh, helping us with this. So we were speaking about uh, women or moms being at home and how uh, I think love-inspired books can help them to maybe even navigate their own experience at home. Uh, yes, or, I mean, many of our love-inspired heroines uh, work, uh, and our single moms even, as as in real life. Romance novels do reflect what's going on in the society, and once uh, one of our writers, Alison Hart, who writes as Jennifer Green, just said something very, very profound, I thought, and she said, you know, romance novels have a tendency to reflect uh, what we're not getting in the real mm, uh, Love that. And she talked about how when women were meeting the glass ceiling or did not have entree into certain uh, uh, careers, you, you had a lot of, you know, heroines who, who were trying to break into male fields and be firefighters. And then it was more, you know, single moms uh, meeting men who, who wanted to marry them and their children um, uh, because the reality in society, and I think this holds true today, and it's still one of the most... Uh, uh, popular romance plots. There are a lot of uh, single moms, and nobody does want to marry them and uh, uh, take on their their children. And that's yeah, very sad. It um, is very so, sad. Yeah. So but, uh, you know, we all need love, and there are many people I think out there with a lot of love to give, and uh, you know, not not finding the relationships uh, that they want. So the romance novels and, and romance. I believe sells better than any other genre, uh, you know, speaks to that. Also to the needs of people today for community, um, because as President Obama has said, nobody builds it alone. That we, right, exactly. We do no one builds together, it alone. So. And, and just finding uh, 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 that space or or uh, understanding the navigation process in that, uh, or for our lives, of course. And so the, the romance and the love, uh, of how we use it can uh, definitely uh, impact us all, you know, community, all of us. And so I want to speak uh, again, uh, you just mentioned about the single moms, and uh, it's so true and unfortunate that when uh, single moms, um, if you have children or, um, in most cases, the, the single moms do have children. Uh, no one wants to be 
uh, really bothered. The guy is not all in, as they say. Is right. there uh, something that can inspire a relationship um, and through writing, through the books? Is there something that could uh, inspire a relationship uh, uh, with a, a single man? And a single mom and with children, is there something they could read or could engage with that would help them to nurture a positive relationship? And I'm just uh, really throwing that out there, uh, Joan, because, of course, uh, you're an amazing editor and you know more than, <laughs> than any of us if there are books that could really help and, and speak to that, trying to nurture um, single uh, moms and single men in relationships. Does that make any sense for a platform? Uh, I, I just know that uh, I meet so many women who want to be loved, but I meet so many men <laughs> that want to find that perfect woman. And if the only thing that's uh, keeping them apart is that they don't know how to navigate that love or romance experience because she's a single mom with kids, then, hey, listen, I could probably uh, uh, send them uh, uh, many of your books. <laughs> I don't know if there will be single, single moms in there, but it could inspire them. Um, yes, I mean, as I said, I think that is a prevalent uh, theme in, in the romance novel. Um, so can you give us you an know, example of maybe I, I, I the Cowboys that... or, you know, they're, they're, uh, you have uh, great uh, authors that uh, are, are just doing, you know, amazing writing, and, and it's very diverse. So can you give us an example of one of uh, uh, a, a book that you're inspired to promote? Um, you know, this is a mindset. I don't want to... Uh, uh, Use leave anybody out or anything I because that. you know you don't want to uh, play favorites and stuff like that. I will say because the author is long dead, and if we do have other lives, I'm great. That was in the past life. You know, uh, aside from the Bible, uh, Little Women has been really uh, by by Louisa May Alcott has 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 been you know perhaps the the most influential book in my own life, particularly yes. because I discovered it as a child, and I think the mm -hmm. books that you read as a child have enormous impact. Another one is The Little yes. Prince. Um, uh, and both of those books are about how to love um, yeah. uh, in little women, very much uh, in women's experience of, uh, you know, how to grow up and mm -hmm. uh, uh, cope with adversity and find the right person, look for the right, right values, develop mm. the right values and find somebody who shares them. Um, so, I mean, those... Yes. Absolutely. Uh, that's a book that I think I love you that. know doesn't particularly speak to single motherhood. Uh, other, I mean, there is uh, poor Mrs. Hummel, a widow with many children in the March family, poor as they are, they help. But you know, when Marmy is like a, a single mom because her husband is off being a chaplain at war. So she, I, I think. Uh, that does show, and I always thought this was Louisa May Alcott's life, and uh, having read many biographies of her, find that in fact uh, things were not as cheerful. <laughs> right, women, it, right, it was really right, exactly. much more difficult, and even that uh, you know her own uh, Abba, on whom Marmy was based, her husband uh, started uh, you know running off after young women. I don't know that he actually had affairs with them, but he wasn't home. Um, 
And uh, she, she uh, Louisa was supporting the family. So, you know, it was a difficult situation. Um, and books often do idealize, um, uh, you know, to give us uh, a happier story. And I think for Louisa May Alcott, that was probably very therapeutic. And then, yes. in fact, she was able to give her, reward her mother for her many sacrifices and give her the life that she felt her mother from the deserved. Um, but I think each person has to find their own answer and their own own books, uh, Desiree, right. that what works for me may not work for another person. I think exactly. that's what life is about, um, that you're you're looking for guides, whether real people who've inspired you, and there have been many who inspired me, um, teachers, uh, family members, um, I had an aunt, uh, my aunt Mimsy, who, who she was the one who gave me the little prince, who was very uh, influential in my life uh, when I went to college. My faculty advisor, Joe, Joe Papaleo. I mean, there are many, many people uh, who inspire us. Uh, Absolutely. In life. And then also, we're not limited to, to the people in our lives because in books, we discover so many other teachers, friends, and and guides that help us sort it all out, because life certainly is uh, confusing yeah. at times. Yeah, oh, that's so eloquently said. It's beautiful. Uh, and and it, it's, it's empowering, because when I think uh, uh, about um, my experience as a child, um, just having books in the house and uh, just knowing that my mother <laughs> had books and my dad would read. He, he read the Bible quite often. Um, but, um, you know, I probably took that for granted for <laughs> a moment. So just uh, uh, listening to you uh, engage us all about uh, just the experience of having someone who inspire you, you know, through reading or or just has guided you through that path of understanding, you know, literature and books and all that. We can do that now in our own homes, but I think because we have media, a very strong media platform, uh, meaning television, computers, and I'm not against that, loved, you know, love all of it, we sometimes miss the opportunity to engage with the romance of just loving books or just um, knowing that uh, you can find all those characters that uh, you may be missing uh, sometimes in your own life, and, you know, you, you discover them through a book. So thank you for enlightening us with that. I do want to, um, of course, speak more uh, about um, uh, your life and engaging with uh, maybe perhaps uh, the experience that you're going to leave your daughter, because... I, of course, was reading when you said, uh, "Oh, geez, you know, I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I'm, I'm, uh, you're, you're trying to work, you're trying to do all these amazing things." Uh, is your daughter a writer, or is she inspired by? Uh, well, my writing? daughter is now my son. I have a transgender child. Oh, great! And uh, I'm very proud of him. He's a, a teacher in the New York City school system, and I only lasted three months as a teacher <laughs> in the New York City school system. I know how. Difficult and challenging that is, but Kit is a Math for America fellow and wow. uh, uh, is uh, one of the many much-needed uh, uh, math teachers in this uh, uh, world. And, wow. Uh, uh, yes. So, uh, yeah. 
That's and, and I do have a, a, my stepdaughter, whom I consider my daughter, uh, Lisa, and she is a stay-at-home mom with three kids and, uh, you know, is heroically chauffeuring them uh, uh, to various uh, activities and lessons for, for their uh, personal growth. Um, I tried to interest her in writing from him. <laughs> she kind of rolls her eyes and says, I don't have time. I think she's a very talented writer, and, uh, you know, she contributes uh, to her community. She has an interest in music. She did the, the playlist for the father-daughter dance uh, recently. And oh, uh, my, my stepson, who's also my, my son, uh, Bill, is a dining room manager of Mohawk Mountain House. And uh, having been a guest, I can testify to the wonderful <laughs> experience that he, he gives. Uh, oh, daughters. I so, love that. Uh, wait, Mohawk Mountain House. Hmm. Yes, it's a Any quiet uh, reading uh, at the fireplace or something? That's what I'm feeling. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it, it sounds beautiful. Uh, yes, it's in, in New Pulse, and they have a, a world-class spa as well. It's, just, oh, it's a beautiful, I, I a beautiful <laughs> nature place. Um, wow. You know, if you like nature, to take walks and uh, be in beautiful gardens. Yeah. So uh, then <laughs> this is something, too, that um, I think um, – sometimes may be a miss in that r- romance or love uh, doesn't necessarily have to be uh, the uh, idea that um, two people are in relationship, as you mentioned before. It could just be that beautiful walk or uh, a garden or um, flowers or, you know, just all things beautiful. Does that make sense? Because when I look at your, or, or even read uh, uh, some of um, uh, the, the stories that, uh, You've uh, edited it. It's the love-inspired uh, books. They all uh, pretty much end up at the altar, <laughs> right? They're all married at the end. Yes. So yes. Think about um, that, I that think ideally everybody wants all these beautiful things. <laughs> so, can you tell us how that balances out in a sense? If you begin to read and be inspired. Are you uh, taking that walk through the garden? Is it always consistent with that? And then why? Because I think uh, it, it, it not only makes sense to me, it would be nice that all stories end up great and positive to empower people, but I don't know. There might be something else that you can explain to us as to why that happens. Well, you know, I do believe, I mean, the love inspired are written, uh, you know, to uh, a specific a Christian uh, worldview, um, but I think all all spiritual worldviews, all the the major faiths, really have more in common. Um, you know, there are different teachers, um, and you know, Jesus, the Buddha, Allah, whoever the teachers, they really are teaching ultimately the same things. And the problem is, their followers often become very territorial and yes. you know, promoting yes. their way over. Mm-hmm over the other way, but, but really it's all that we're all connected. Um, and, you know, if you love one person, you're loving the whole world. Um, uh, so in romantic love is one way that's not always open uh, uh, to uh, everybody, but there are other ways. I mean, I'm now, I'm a widow, and I'm in the stage of kind of the romance of children, and I'm, I'm just enjoying my grandchildren, my uh, godchildren, you know, as well as my, my children who are adults themselves, which I remember sometimes. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, 
I teach Sunday school, which is something, and, you know, here's empowerment. I always wanted to be a kindergarten teacher, and as I said, my experience in the New York City school system was not a good one. Um, and uh, now, uh, and I've always been very in- influenced by the educator Maria Montessori, and she was a, a single mother who most mm. loved ah, wealthy, so right. that, that made it easier. But uh, she had to give up her son for many years and devoted her life to other children, and that had a happy ending. She was reunited with her son, who, who continued her work. But Montessori always said, follow the child, you know. Let children, help children to empower themselves. Don't do it for them. Don't impose on them. But right. give them the materials. See where, like in a Montessori classroom, there'll be materials. The child will gravitate toward what interests the child. And then the teacher's job is to encourage and to help the child develop that we each come with our God-given gifts, uh, you know, to do something mm. in the world. Um, and being a parent, I think, is, you know, sometimes we disparage people who, who devote themselves to being parents as opposed to having a, a quote-unquote real job, but it is really the most difficult and the greatest job in the world. You're, you're creating the future, you're creating the people of tomorrow. Right. Um, so, uh... And you always uh, have to have you know, that, I think that, that uh, and now, as I said, <laughs> love in there. I am... Uh, teaching uh, uh, Sunday school at uh, St. Luke's Church in Forest Hills, and I'm uh, getting into the Godly Play Movement, which is a Montessori uh, uh, Sunday school teaching uh, mm-hmm. that involves, uh, you know, various uh, denominations. And with another teacher from my church, she introduced me to it, and we we went to a workshop at, at Trinity Church recently. And it, it, it's very exciting because I think for today's children, we need a different language. You yes, know, we need absolutely. to get away from the sort of, uh, I don't know, quaint, sweet uh, kind of way of talking that doesn't relate to their lives and show them that, that God is still relevant, uh, that Jesus' teachings more than ever apply to the world, but in language and, and experience that they can understand that relates to their own. Right. Oh, how beautiful is that? That's awesome. You know, speaking of languages, uh, I think 40% of uh, of the Harlequin books, not think, I was just kind of reading and researching, 40% 40 of it, it's in other languages throughout the world, and it's very well received, some of these books, right? Yes, everybody. Love is the universal language, and uh, you know, I would always tell my my editors on my my team when they were really deciding what to buy. I said, you know, ultimately, I believe in the biofeedback responses and give you a warm pink glow, which is really saying, does it empower empower you and uplift you and make you feel more loving? Mm. Uh, I think that is the job of the romance novel. Nobody does it better than Harlequin. Um, <laughs> uh, and you know, I'm retired, so I have no. Yes, you're retired. Platform to promote Harlequin books, but that's your that has been your platform and what you're retired from. That's why I think it's great to have you on and to just empower us through that whole uh, romance and love experience and what it means. So we're going to take a break and we shall return with Joan Marlowe Golan. She's inspiring us through romance and love. We shall return. Thanks for joining us. up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with Great Spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You're tuned in to the Wellness Lounge a step further with host Desiree Watson. To find out more about our programs, please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You're tuned in to the Wellness Lounge a step further with host Desiree Watson. To find out more about our programs, please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. That's wellnessinteractive.com. Now, back to the show. Joining us again, we're speaking with Joan Marlowe uh, Golan, and uh, she is uh, actually a retired uh, editor editor from uh, Harlequin uh, Love Inspire Books, and she's been enlightening us and empowering us uh, with the balance of uh, romance and love and what that all means uh, to her and uh, how we can actually take advantage of it to navigate our own life experience because, um, again, we're looking at taking all things well, but taking it a step further. And uh, it's my belief that that whole balance, it's uh, uh, the, the whole circle of life, emotional, social, intellectual, physical, and spiritual, and then uh, just... Uh, Taking, uh, in a sense, uh, and appreciating all the things and the tools that help you to navigate that experience. So uh, that said, thanks again, Joan, for joining us. Uh, we were speaking about uh, the many books that are written in uh, you know, other languages throughout the world, and it seems to be very successful no matter where you go. Everyone loves romance and and love. You can't get away from it. Love, love, love. <laughs> so that uh, it's just an amazing uh, influence in a sense, but a, a positive influence to engage with uh, some of these uh, love-inspired books. What, what's your uh, uh, influence in all of this as an editor? 
or any editor? What is, what well, the editor is very much the empower and a, a good editor. I mean, sometimes people think of the editor as the critic, but um, what a good editor does, and I learned this from uh, my, my uh, we call them Don, faculty advisor at, at Sarah Lawrence, Joe Papaleo, is a good editor inspires the writer to to be their best writing self, to, to you know, get the books out of out of them, um, that, that the best book that they can write. Um, and it's to encourage to say, yes, this is what you're, you do so well, do more of it. And also, because the hardest thing for a writer is what not to write, to say, you know, you don't need all these bells and whistles. You, you can't <laughs> appeal to every single reader all the time. You know, what is it? that you can express that's going to speak to other people. And I think it's important for writers uh, to understand that, you know, if they just want to write to express themselves and there really aren't many people out there interested in reading it, that's fine <laughs> as long as they don't feel entitled to make a living by their writing. But, you know, there are many writers like, you know, people should pay me. I should just do what I want. And, uh, I mean, I was once very turned off by hearing uh, uh, some writers who were being subsidized by the Yaddo Foundation say, well, they didn't see why they should have to go mm. to public school and speak to students. They just wanted to write. No, we're, we're here to give to others. And, you know, if you don't want to, that's your privilege, but don't expect the world to pay you for it. Uh, you know, so... Wow, uh, I love that. That's, that makes... It, that's, <laughs> that's so important. That's extremely important. Yeah, I mean, it, commercial it's publishing not very hard to get commercial to that. People you know are about paying for you what they want, not for what you want to do. If, yeah. if what you want to do is exactly what people want to read, then, you know, that's ideal. But you have to understand that and make your your choice. Um and, uh, yeah. you know, a lot of people are self-publishing because they're saying, no, I just want to do my own thing and I'll take a chance that, you know, other people will want it. And very often they're, they're proved right. Publishers turn down books uh, that become bestsellers all the time. My first publisher said he turned down, uh, along with many others, Adam Smith's uh, money book. Wow. Wow. Wow, so, you know, you don't, Dr. Seuss uh, was, was told, oh, you know, children won't like your books. Uh, William Faulkner was, was turned down by uh, 33 wow. publishers. So, you know, if you're a writer, believe in yourself, find the editor who believes in you. Right, um, right. So then yeah, if you're looking so, at the publishing company, in a sense, where, um, and, and obviously they have, you know, so many people that are uh, engaging and strategizing on what would be the next, you know, great bestseller and so on, but then you you have to kind of take into consideration that they may, they too may bring their own personal me-me in there, and, and that's how you can miss opportunities or these huge, amazing books now that are being self-published and, you know, they're getting all the accolades and things, so I, I, how does that work with a publishing company? You have a group and a, a team that says, ah, no, I'm not going to go for this. I mean, are they looking at uh, or keeping up with, I should say, the mainstream of, uh, uh, of what we're doing uh, to navigate our whole life experiences? And I say all that because this is huge social networking. And, of course, you can find books everywhere, you know, uh, but they're not all bestsellers. And so when you um, turn down a book that is a bestseller today, uh, isn't that um, isn't that a great miss in a sense where you may not have the best team to make these decisions, or am I reaching too far into well, it? Well, no, I think you know. Um, I mean, you know, somewhere there's you know, 
Actually, Nora Roberts was first published by Silva, which was later bought by Harlequin because she'd been turned down by Harlequin. So, um, you know, and some poor editor has to live with that, as all the people who rejected Dr. Seuss did. I mean, you know, I think sometimes people make very cynical decisions, and they say, well, mm. I don't really like this book, but I think other people will write it because it's like uh, this one uh, or that one. Um, I, I have to say, as an editor, I would have turned down Fifty Shades of Grey, not then I would have seen the commercial potential. I, and I might have really? Said, well, you would have turned it down because... It. Yeah, I, I let me ask, I, I just have with, to ask this question. Not with the there's writing, a difference between um, romance and then there's love. Um, that, <laughs> which, <laughs> which area are you in or <laughs> which if you turned down uh, Fifty Shades of Grey? What? Which, which area am I in? You know, I'm just saying there's romance and love or romance and love and I'm not sure, uh, you know, I, I, you said you would turn, you would have turned down 50 well, really, because the message is kind of, you know, if you submit to somebody's sadism, you know, you're going to turn him around and, and, and right. you know, make him a beautiful, loving human being. And I, you know, I find So there's no romance or love in there for you. That's my um, point. Where, yeah, where's the balance? I, I don't know. And I think, actually, the first love scene is very, very beautiful. There are many good things in it. I definitely see why it was a hit. But I think there's a kind of pernicious underlying message that, mm-hmm. you know, in the real world, people are young and vulnerable, and you have mm-hmm. to be careful what you you put out there to, yes. to not mislead people because you're, you're kind of playing with people's lives. I and mean, a yes. writer has power. A story yes, has power. absolutely. And, you know, we all have that responsibility. That's, I, oh, my gosh. Thank you for that. I love that <laughs> because we all have a responsibility. Uh, uh, and as you mentioned earlier, uh, we're, we're affecting lives no matter what we do. You know, a breakup here or there or a book that's written, we're affecting lives. So, yes, we do have a responsibility in a sense because uh, young people are vulnerable and Sometimes uh, young people just think things are real, and they're not. <laughs> not yeah. all things are real. So, uh, yeah, okay, love that, love that. So tell us about your future book uh, that uh, I'm sure you'll be writing soon, or you may be in the midst of writing right now. Okay, well, as I said, uh, I'm doing a lot of things. Actually, I'm involved in community theater, um, and uh, my uh, uh, our local community of the Gingerbread Players is putting on my favorite play in the whole world, Chekhov's Three Sisters. Um, so I am hoping either to get a part or an, another way to be a part of the production. And, uh, uh, you know, that's time-consuming. And as I said, I, I teach Sunday school. But I am writing, uh, I call it a reading memoir for my, my children. I have picked out 12 books that all which I read for the first time before the age of 30 that I am rereading, some of which I've reread many times, mm-hmm. some of which I'm coming back to after maybe 40 years or more, mm-hmm. um, to try to explain, you know, these are the books that really have an impact at me at a, an impressionable stage of life, and this is why, kind of to explain, to bring in some uh, uh things about uh, background and family, and, you know, I, I didn't have an easy childhood um, and come from a troubled family, so, uh, you know, this just seemed to be a way of getting these things in something that ultimately the people who care most about you are your, your children, your parents, um, the people in your family, and I thought, well, yes. this is something that I could, I could uh, leave for them, and I, you know, I'm not writing it as a literary work, I don't expect to publish it, but just, mm-hmm. you know, as a private uh, something to my kids, and also to inspire them to read 
uh, these great books. I think what uh. really, you know, you're saying, well, what, what are the books that people should read? I am a promoter of the great books, yeah. um, the classics, the books that have lived for at least a hundred years that, you know, if yeah. a book, if a book is still being read over a hundred years later when things are so different on the surface, then there must be some Something. authentic <laughs> truth in that book. Um, you know, there's something and that they're worth they're worth uh, reading. They're, they're worth. It. So I just so have to ask you maybe one or two hints, uh, two books uh, that uh, uh, you read before uh, 30. I know you spoke about Little Women and um, what was the other one? I forget the other one. But um, friends, is yeah. there a reason why uh, it's before 30, the books you read before 30? Um, why isn't it before 40 or you know, before 20. Obviously, well, uh, we read you're, you're a, most a number of books in uh, school, but it's, it's you know, really, the, the younger you are, the more uh, impressionable but, uh, you are. Yeah, tell us a couple of books that may be on that list um, that might be helpful for all of us. Okay, one is uh, Charles Dickens' Great Expectations, which if I live yes. long enough, I'd like to write a sequel to that. Uh, I feel poor Estella has been given a bad rap to male yep. critics. She's every beautiful woman that ever spurned them. But somebody <laughs> was a very damaged child. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, so... Uh, and I think for Americans especially, Great Expectations, like The Great Gatsby, which is another one, it just speaks to Americans are people with great expectations. And, yeah. you know, also a sense of entitlement that I should I should have the American dream. And, and often not looking about, yes, but what are you doing to make that? <laughs> and you're just just long. <laughs> so well, will always speak <laughs> yes, to, what are you speak doing? To us and to, to wanting <laughs> more and, you, and better. And uh, one that I haven't reread since college that really uh, spoke to me a couple. One was uh, the, the Plague by Albert Camus, uh, which, you know, in a, a world of Injustice, uh, economic inequality, uh, uh, disease, and natural disaster. I mean, that speaks very much to us. There's one character who says the important thing is not to be part of the pestilence. He says it seems like you either have to be part of the pestilence or you have to be a victim, or there are some very special people who are the saints. And he said, I'm, I'm not there yet, but at least I don't want to be part of the pestilence. Mm, so mm-hmm, I think that's, mm-hmm. that's a good message. Um, also, uh, the one nonfiction book I have is, is The Long Loneliness, which is the autobiography of, of Dorothy Day. Now, there's a single parent, a very inspiring oh, I love parent, that, yeah. Um, mother, um, uh, who really gave her life, uh, you know, to making things better, uh, for others and using her, her writing mm-hmm. skills, but also mm-hmm. opening the houses of hospitality. Actually, you right, know, and the story never, words, but giving them bread. Told, uh, Sometimes the uh, the story was not told truthfully. I think no, not that particular. Later, I, I'm just saying in general. She, there are many stories written about hard-hearted, but, Dorothy. But she you know, she did yeah. do a lot for the poor. I'm sorry. I, I said Dorothy Day herself later in life regretted that she had. Uh, you know, been unkind to friends who didn't live up to her high moral standards. Um, you know, she saw that love is, it's not about judging people, but, you know, even, you know, she was a flawed human being too, but she, she had a tremendous, uh, heart, uh, and, you know, tried to make mm-hmm. life better for, for, you know, to feed the poor. Mm-hmm. And not just with words, but with, with bread, with, with fellowship. Um, you know, right. she, she was, I had the honor of meeting her, uh, in her old age and mm. just feel in her presence mm-hmm. this, 
wonderful energy of, you know, really, to me, these are the saints. They're not plaster saints. They're not perfect people, but they're people who have tremendous courage and, and do, you Absolutely. know, with great love. <laughs> Absolutely. And, oh, my gosh, what a beautiful closing, <laughs> because uh, that's why um, we invited you to empower us with uh, just that, you know, uh, being that person uh, that... Uh, you know, uh, listen, we're, we're all in, in the same space. It's how we navigate it. And I just think, uh, you're doing such an amazing job that it, the whole world should know about it. And you've done an amazing job in the past and you continue to do that. So thank you for joining us. And I would love to have you back if you're available in the future. And, uh, definitely, even though your book, uh, may not be published for all i'd love for you to come back and at least uh share it with uh share it with the listeners uh who just might want to know uh what you think about um being in such a a great space raising children and leaving uh something behind for them okay thank you so great? much Desiree. i've been honored to to uh be on the show, and I'd, I'd love to come back. And, you know, God bless you and the work that you're doing, empowering people. That's, that's a wonderful thing to do. Oh, thank you, thank you. I'm honored to have had you on the show. So thank you, and we will uh, be on next week. And please tune in for another great message from empowering uh, individuals who do it so well. Thank you. See you next week. Thank you so much for joining us this week for the Wellness Lounge. A step further, please tune in next Monday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another great show featuring your host, Desiree Watson. We'll continue to show you how to incorporate a wellness lifestyle and live a better life.